0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. And with me, of course, is Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, Good afternoon, Rob. Hello, Stephen. So, Rob, it's a Friday afternoon recording, which is always my favorite. And I should say that our cricket discussions are coming to end. This is the final weekend no. of cricket. The season's over. We have one game left, And I, if I don't end up in the hospital getting surgery, like something like 10% of all the people that played in this cricket league here in Boise, then I will have survived the cricket season. It is a dangerous game, worse than football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that. I leave you that got alone You, you for the, the, it, all it. Is, about football.
1: <laughs> it's not supposed to be a full contact sport, Stephen. It,
0: it is the most dangerous. <laughs> there contact. There is contact. But it is the most dangerous sport I have ever seen where you stand around 99% of the time. Or half the game you sit, you sit off to the field while two people bat and everyone watches. It is quite strange. Well, anyway, let's get going because our our guest will probably be unhappy. Maybe curling I can try this winter. There is a curling organization here. I'll look into it. So oh well there you go we're set so let me introduce our guests and again new company we're heading a little bit of a different direction this is an interesting guest this week um not necessarily an edge company but much more of a you know platform kind of data center operation company i don't know maybe that's a bad way to describe it we'll let jerry do it everything so is edge. everything everything is, edge. everything is edge now huh so yeah. jerry vasquez is with us and jerry is now a product manager from a company called Liquid Web. And Jeremy, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, I appreciate you guys having me.
0: Sure, so Jerry, before we jump in with all sorts of questions and go 80 directions, why don't you give us a quick little background about yourself and do include the fact that you're a chef, which I think is really cool. (laughs) You may be our first chef we've ever had on the podcast.
2: Oh, great, man. I'm happy I was able to introduce you guys to this crazy world, I guess. Um, yeah so uh actually i my my travel has taken a few pretty harsh left turns i uh, went to school on a handful of music scholarships uh, planning on changing jazz man and then uh, i ended up going into the culinary world becoming a chef uh, a little bit after i started that that was a good time cooked for about a decade or so uh, at one point i decided that it would be really nice to leave work and smell the same way that i smelled when i walked into work <laughs> so I went back to school and uh, got a degree in programming at pretty, like, I think I was still in my last semester of school when I started at Liquid Web. Uh, we are a managed hosting company. Uh, we manage dedicated hosting, manage cloud hosting, manage uh, cloud customers. you know, and VMware, and we're moving into OpenStack as well. Um, but all uh, managed applications as well, WooCommerce and uh, uh, WordPress is one of the, are the two big drivers um i started there i started just as a regular old linux grunt kind of hacking away on keyboard for a while moved up to enterprise team pretty quickly uh at some point i went over to the networking side of things uh moved up to a supervisor i managed the network operations team for a while and after that i became the director of the operations and engineering and now i live in houston working remote and i got to i get to chase my wife around Who's uh, kind of globe trotting all over the place, and uh, Liquid Web kept me on as a remote guy, and I do product management for security and networking products. It's pretty awesome.
1: That is awesome. And you, have you been any place interesting before we go to tech?
2: Yeah, any- <laughs> 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 yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, she goes all over the place, uh, and I get to chase her around. We've been, uh Let me see. I think Denver was probably one of my favorite cities, but Denver, Atlanta, and Orlando, and. Uh, Chicago, uh, who got to go out to Seattle, went to, uh, to Germany to roost with her. And, uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, she is the director of community engagement for a software company. So they've got her anywhere there's people, man. That
1: sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. I like, I like travel right now. It's back to Vegas, I think, in San Francisco. So. A, well, we're in San six.
0: Francisco soon. I think it's, VM World is in like in two weeks or something. We're gonna have we're gonna have yeah, latest shiny live in VM World That's right.
2: Yeah. We'll get there. I forgot about so, VM World coming up. We got a couple of people from Liquid Web going out there. Maybe we'll be able to meet the rest of the crew. That would be great. That'd be great That'd be for great. sure.
1: So I, you know, what I what I, I love about this this where we can take this conversation is that you're doing real hosting. Um, yeah. We we talk about Edge quite a bit, and the Edge conversations I've been having are typically very hand-wavy. Uh, <laughs> no offense to previous guests. Uh, I'm thinking entirely of people in industry, not our guests. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> the, did I pull that off? No. Um, I know the, what you mean. It's okay. The, no, the, I mean, the idea here is that a lot of people want want to make things work with Edge, but they mm. don't think about what it takes to run a data center and help... More importantly, help people run a data center well. And so uh, I'd love to take our conversation into talking about, you know, what makes data center operations successful, not just as an operator, but actually how how do you make people using that data center successful? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think you have a perspective because you're doing it, right? What 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 makes somebody successful as a customer? Where, where does a customer come back and say, you know they're having they're they're really getting a lot of value out of using your infrastructure. Sure, um, I think a lot of it
2: stems off from the necessity, ab- absolute like mind blowing necessity to have an internet presence, um, and so you end up with a, a clientele out there, just in, in every line of business that has really not a lot of information or knowledge or background with regards to what the internet does and how it works and so one of the one of our biggest uh one of the biggest portions of, of the industry where we find the most the bulk of our clientele is in people who are doing web development and, and uh, application development and all that sort of thing that, and they're putting that directly out into the internet so that people can consume it so it's not so much the end users but our end user are the people in between who are creating developing and moving forward the the, the connectivity that's possible with the internet and just maintaining that customer base or rather uh, maintaining that uh, sustainability within the data center itself because you need a data center to be on the internet so so our clients you know they come to us and they have small infrastructure or large infrastructure you know, things that need to uh be able to grow and sometimes be able to shrink and sometimes do those things dynamically. And so we offer a platform that allows people to do that.
1: Makes a lot of sense. And and what makes somebody, like one of the things in your offering that I thought was really interesting is that you have these sort of pre-built cluster offerings, which to me is, is really handy, right? You know, a lot of times I see, I see, you know, hosting companies that want to offer you, you know, here's a server and here's a load balancer, but they don't say, Oh, I'm going to put those pieces together. (laughs) <laughs> um, as a, as a thing, right? I mean, but but everybody who's doing any real you know performance stuff needs needs that type of infrastructure. Yeah, um, you know I, that makes sense to me. Where does the complexity creep in? What 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 should people watch out for?
2: Ooh, I'm sorry. What should people the what should people speak? watch out? So I,
1: I I guess I keep thinking through. Right, you know, somebody can call you up and say, "Hey, I want to use servers." I know mm-hmm. from our own business, right, there, there's there's, you know, that first call sounds great. Sometimes people <laughs> are successful right away and some people sometimes people have challenges. Um, and I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what somebody could do right from the start to make that experience more successful. Oh, certainly. OK. Yeah. So. Um...
2: Uh, prior to my wife moving into where she is now in, in, in community engagement, she was doing a lot of web dev stuff and she used to lament to me constantly. She would walk up and she would say, I've got this new client and I can't handle it. Uh, they said in the email, they knew exactly what they want. But what that means is I just want it to be blue. And that's all they had was just a kind of idea was a scheme of color, but there was no con- idea of content. There was no idea of direction. There was no idea of what they were actually trying to offer. And a lot of that, I, I, I start to feel that as, as folks, as I'm looking at some of our clients who come to our, co- our company, they have this uh, this idea of an end goal. You know, I have this application. I have this thing that I want to put out there. And they really don't know exactly what it means to take it from where they are right now and move it into what it could potentially to the thing into what it could potentially grow. And so, you know, those conversations, like you said, you know, they, they can be a little bit difficult at first, but you know, we've got a lot of really great folks that are able to 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 kind of look at the, the issue programmatically and 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 visualize, conceptualize what the customer has. And then we have those, like I said, those packages and that Allow a customer to move from maybe a single server, a single VPS server, a single dedicated server, however you want, into those clusters uh, a little bit later that end up having you know multiple servers with database backends and application backends and a firewall in front and load balancers all over the place, um, and 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 those 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 packages were designed to make it kind of like you know the a McDonald's drive-thru. You know, I need a number one, I need a number two. You don't want to make it overly complex for these, for, for the people who are coming up and, and are asking, you know, I think this is what I need. I think that's what I need. And if you were able to simplify those down into into this package is designed so that you can have an application that handles, you know, a certain number of connections or this package is designed so that you can have a website that gets a lot of influx of traffic that's just click, click, click traffic. Or you need something that's, you know, that we have offer HIPAA compliance and PCI compliant packages that can work with that as well. So it, it allows a customer to come to us that is that has a good idea of maybe where they want to get and then kind of build up to that eventually.
1: And because, right, you know, once you've been in the business for a while, it, it sounds to me that, like you're saying there's certain patterns and you can guide somebody through those patterns. And it's just simpler for for everybody. If you're like, all right, this is you're in you're in a you know, you're know you in this slot, you're in that slot. Um, you don't have to sort of make everything, you know, uh, you, don't, you don't have to re-architect that you can fit people into some standard architectures. Yeah.
2: And that's not to say that we don't also, you know, have a whole slew of architects who are willing to, you know, we have a, I have a bunch of clients that will come up and say, OK, I want this particular GPU. I want this particular processor. I want this particular throughput and bandwidth utilization. Make this work. And say, All right, cool. I mean, this is great, actually. We'll be right back. Here you go. You know but
1: but yeah it can go either direction so so does this is something we hear when we we talk to people who are like interested in edge infrastructure they they, they show up with very concrete needs um or what they think are very concrete needs um does, does that you know how much of that is you know and I, I definitely don't throw i don't want you to throw customers under the bus i i think sometimes people <laughs> have very legitimate reasons and sometimes my experience historically is that, that architects like to spec things out and, and in inspecting something out. They get very concrete because they need mm-hmm. to. And then very um, tied to what they've written down on the paper, whether it was necessary or not. Mm. Um, I, and I've been guilty of that myself. Um, I, how do you how do you sort of ferret it out? This is these are sort of, you know, I need this exact thing versus these are this is the type of thing I need. Uh, that comes from just
2: a whole bunch of really in-depth and usually long, and, and for me, anyways, because I'm not on the sales side or the architecture side anymore, mm-hmm. painful conversations. But yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. There, there, there's an art to to there's an art to taking something that a potential client has in mind and then kind of you know using what we have as as clay, as if you will, to kind of mold an actual solution that fits. You know what we have, what they're looking for, then you know, m- marry them up well.
1: Does it become a, a challenge as a host? I mean, I think about scale from a hosting provider perspective, and, and you can't, you know, you don't want to have every, you know, a million different var- variations of a server. You you want to control that. Is there a balance that you try and find? How do you how do you look at that from a data center, you know, business? It's really a business problem, but and also mm-hmm. a data center management problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: especially when you're working with with uh, dedicated servers like ours and you know, the, the cloud infrastructure out there is kind of designed to be a little bit more nimble and, and flexible and move around. A dedicated server is it's, it's straight up a box that's got cords coming out of it. So, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that kind of that has to go into that. Um, and so, like I say, there, there is. Um, there's there are conversations about, you know, where we would start uh, ideas about what you have. to to begin and then kind of where we want to go and try to try to keep those things together. We have a uh, we have a fantastic uh, position, the uh, customer success and engineering solutions uh, team. That's kind of new and is being headed up by an awesome chick. Good, good friend of mine. Actually, she was my uh, my wife's maid of honor at our wedding, which is pretty cool. But uh, she's really taken the whole. All right. I actually met my wife at work we can talk about that later though. <laughs> uh, we, uh, she's, she's really taken the lead on, on, on building up a team that is willing and capable to have those kinds of, of, of discussions so that we have a good idea as to what we're looking at in the future. And, and it's more of a relationship that's built between the client and, and then the company, you know, it's, it's, it's not just cool. You have this thing. Here's an account. You can click through and make, make, you know, the hardware come and go as much as, you know, it's an ongoing, Hey, how are you going? Every, every, couple of quarters, somebody will call in every every so often there's a ticket. Let's discuss, you know, how things are moving, where you think are going. Should we consider maybe pivoting a little bit and, and offering something else? And you know, are we still on schedule for what you were considering? That sort of thing.
1: That's awesome. Right. So really taking advantage of, you know, interacting with the customers. It's not just a credit card swipe and have a great day. It's there, there's a need for some balance. What, what would drive somebody to, to want a dedicated server? From that perspective,
2: a lot of times we've found that it's uh, granular control—you uh, know, being able to to denote exactly what type of hardware is going on in there, what type of software you're planning on putting on there—you know, there, there are this, those things coupled with the managed support that we offer. So, I a, a lot of. In order to offer something managed, you guys know that out there on the internet, there's an infinite number of variables. You have to be able to control some of them because you can't, otherwise you're you're not going to have a very sustainable product. So um, when you have clients who uh, come in and they have, you know, a bunch of, of specific needs, and one of those needs is also management to some degree, then, you know, we get to discuss, okay, let's talk about the things that you need, and then we can... Take what we have and what we know, and marry those together with a solution that works for both of us. As opposed to, you're looking for this raw number of processors, this raw number of you know memory, this raw number of bandwidth. Okay, here's a package. Let's let's
1: just get moving. Makes sense. Do people combine a dedicated infrastructure like our base load, and then rely on more elastic virtualized infrastructure? What's is there? Do you see a pattern from that perspective?
2: Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, the pattern that I see that I have seen in the past, at least when I had, you know, really strong visibility into that was um, a database server. That is usually a couple of database servers and usually a master slave repl- replication cluster in the back end and then virtualized server on the front end. That way you have a solid amount of um, control over what's going on with your data, which is, as you guys know, would be pretty, the, the most important thing out there, usually, and then something that's a little bit more uh, flexible, and a little bit more nimble that can kind of grow and shrink as necessary out on the front end, a load balancer when you need it, and maybe not when you don't. Kind of cool. We actually, we used to have a, a client who uh, his his big draw was carving pumpkins. So he had a, a, a set of uh, database hardware servers in the background. And on the front end, he would have, he moved over to our virtualized platform. And during the regular season, he would have just one small server that was kind of chugging along. And then once Halloween season came up, he would end up with four giant servers on the
1: front end, all load balanced across and everything was cool. Makes a lot of sense. And then that's the type of person who's not looking to build a lot of IT expertise in in <laughs> from that perspective. Uh, uh-huh. And so the managed the managed pieces means that somebody can call up and say, hey, this is the, you know, let me help you take care of that. You got it. Interesting. Interesting. OK. And then so, you know, when you look at the the marketplace, uh, you know, I, ha- I have to ask because I'm, I'm assuming people are asking, right? There's there's huge providers out there. How do you distinguish in, in what you're doing? How do you how do you position yourself versus the behemoths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the big guys out there are usually looking
2: for large clients that and I, we found that, that, that already have a solid bit of expertise of it expertise, either mm-hmm. in their employ or of their own accord. And so that's, they, they they are in the position where they can pivot and move to something that mm-hmm. let's just be com- completely, you know, upfront with it that's cheaper when you have a bunch more or less expensive I guess is a better word when you have a whole bunch of infrastructure there and and so you know you move to these big guys who can give you all that processing power and you have these uh, you have a team that can that can make that happen that's within your own employee and it allows them to be successful there there are a lot of companies that are not that big yet that really don't have the maybe they will be at some point and honestly i hope they do i hope everybody has you know a good bit of success but uh, right now they don't have an it team of their own and they they really don't have a means by which or the resources by which to 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 maintain that sort of uh, infrastructure and and hardware or rather and software and so you know Liquid Web has has a great um history of great reputation and a great SLA on on how we help to manage customers help to manage their own infrastructure so that they can be successful
1: i think that's a really important point right the the cloud providers you know the 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 big guys all have you know are very self-service oriented and Mm -hmm. one of the things i see in industry that we that you know we often overlook especially during twitter spats and things like that is just you know, just how much it's build your own. You have to operate it. Um, you know, it, it running running in cloud does not remove your operational load. It changes it. Um, we talk right. to people on premises, and, and they're like, "We're moving to cloud. We want to give up running the data center." I'm like, "You're not giving up running your your application. You own that." <laughs> but with, with what you're describing you actually this is more of a partnership so you're you're going to be aware you know as much as the customer wants you to of of, of what they're doing on those and in that infrastructure and that's a really big difference yeah and that's something that's
2: built into our service as well we have uh we have uh, fully managed applications wherein we control a bunch of the variables and you know denote a lot of the things that can go on we have a uh, core managed infrastructure wherein we handle uh It's the best way to look at it is whatever was installed on the server when we hand it off and anything thereafter is is managed by the customer. And then we also have a a self-managed tier wherein the client can say, hey, just give me these things and let me go. All right, cool. Here's your stuff. Will you have connectivity and power? Let us know if you need us to tear it down
1: or add more. Right. That makes sense. I guess I guess I'm always worried about the people who say I'm 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 good. I can handle it like like my like when I was teaching my kids to drive. I'm good I can handle it and you're like what mm-hmm. uh, no you happened can't. when, when, when <laughs> they call me you know five minutes from now because they they could they couldn't shift into third um no. yeah how do you how do you balance you know what what happens when a customer is you know opted for the I'm gonna save a couple of bucks a month and and mm-hmm. be on my own but then uh needs help you know actually needs yeah. more help than they think Sure. Our reputation is built on helping.
2: So that's actually one of our, our, our models is that we employ the most helpful humans in hosting. Kind of a simile in there always throws me off. But yeah, so, so if, if a client is like, Oh my God, I accidentally, you know, busted all of my stuff, give me a hand and we'll jump in and we'll help as much as we possibly can. Honestly, sometimes it's, it's, it's going to take a long time and sometimes it's not feasible because you know, like I said, there's a lot of things that you can do on the server, but, yeah but 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 you know thereafter, once the client is settled and situated we're like, all right, let's let's kind of reassess the situation we'll have a quick post-mortem and we'll decide you know if this is still the way that you would like we can continue or maybe we can like I said earlier pivot and
1: change things up there makes sense I guess there's there's a very simple like if you don't have you know in, in self-service, you're not going to have you look at the web or not going to have access to make changes to the same extent and so there's a to me I guess there's a there's a pretty clear line as soon as you hand over the keys so that somebody <laughs> else can take make changes and you're in a different class of operations than if it's completely it's completely hands off.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's about right. And we're also one of those strange uh, I say strange primarily because you don't see this too often is one of the, one of them fully managed hosts where when you purchase a dedicated server even if it's uh, fully managed you still get root level access. So you still have, you know, complete access to do whatever and, and change whatever. And that that does occasionally cause, you know, for a couple of sticky situations. But overall, <laughs> I imagine overall, we've been around for two decades. So I think things are going fairly well. That's cool. That
1: makes a lot of sense. So I, I guess when I think about that situation and then I, I expand it into, you know, multi-data center operations and customers trying to run, run things, how do you, what do you do to help, you know, go from one data center to, you know, multiple sites and help customers keep all that stuff balanced. Sure. Uh, So one of the great things is that our our data centers are wholly owned. Uh,
2: The two primary ones in Michigan are the other, the other two. Uh, We have full uh, ownership over all of the networking gear. We have a full network engineering team and operations team on staff. So we actually have uh, dedicated redundant connections between everything. So our network spans two continents and, you know, four data centers and a handful of cities, but it's still all connected and it's still all owned and run, operated by us. So when there's a a need for one thing to happen here or there, it's actually fairly, we've done our best to design it so that it's fairly easy to to get that sort of connectivity from one place to another. You, You wanna move over here, you wanna change stuff, you wanna set up something else in this direction or that direction, we've got actually, we've got a couple of high availability packages that allow for geo redundancy. So you
1: want something like that? guess what, here you go. Makes a lot of sense. So you've been, so part of what you've been able to do is sort of build some backbone components that make that easier. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. So a, some platforms, some sort of platform pieces. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, I mean, when I, when I think about, you know, synchronizing between sites and, and different, different environments, is there design strategies that customers, are you know, I can easily see somebody saying, oh, I got this. It's great. It's running on one, but I want to distribute it. I want to run out of two different geos. I want to get, you know, some you know, I need my European site to be faster, so it does can't ping across the Atlantic. How do you help customers? You know, there's an architectural challenge there. What do people? What should people think about when they look at a site that becomes more distributed? Probably one of the
2: best ways to think about it, in my mind, anyways, is is kind of like a like a family. You know, you got you got your your primary family in one location somebody else moves over to another location you still have you're still family with them you're still talking but they're totally independent of each other if we're being completely honest and so you know you got a you have a server that's in michigan and you want it to be you know to work with our, our european data center also what exactly are you looking to get out of it because you're not going to have you know Fully load balanced solution that passes connections one by one from each di- in each direction to each location. So a lot of it it comes back to those conversations that we have with 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 the folks who come over to Liquid Web. We discuss, okay, let's let's talk about what we're actually looking to accomplish, and then we can come up with a solution like yeah. that. Because you're right, you know, it, it's it could be absolute mayhem to try to make it so that wild scenario that I just spat out actually works but if there is a, a for example a uh, high ability high availability failover situation that's much more conceivable and if that's a lot of times exactly what the client is looking for what I'm looking for is if <laughs> it's funny I've actually heard this several times if a meteor hits Lansing Michigan and everything goes away will my website be okay
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and okay, yeah, let's let's disperse with the pandemonium for a moment and let's yeah, yes we can make
0: no that. if Lansing Michigan goes away America will shut down I'm sorry that's just
1: <laughs> See, Thank I'm you. supporting no, Michigan. Though.
0: Rare, yeah.
1: I got gambos. Hey, hey if it happens in <laughs> October, we might still be carving pumpkins. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, when I look at you know, one of the things that we're always curious about is the security angle with this. Yeah. oh boy, is. I, it, I don't even know where to start from a security perspective. What do you, what what do you tell people with security? Um, oh man, I can. Get there. <laughs> we need to I figure out the right place they, to take the first bite at the problem. Um, they,
2: yeah, I could I could rant cast that one myself. All 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 the hell. Um yeah. yeah security I, is. is no, we we sorry, love rants,
1: so don't be no. shy. At
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll try not to curse too much. Uh, the security is huge, man. And it's, it's getting a lot bigger. And, and folks are only now starting to kind of realize what goes what goes on. So at, 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 at a corporate level, you know, you kind of you do your best to to maintain your kind of ethical and moral implications that are there to, to just do good. I mean, the world sucks sometimes, man. If you're not going to make, just just don't make it worse. You know, so so maintain the solid practices in the, of internal. We have a bunch of processes and procedures within our own internal uh, corporate infrastructure to um, how we keep things safe. You know, simple things like passwords and, and, and making sure that the customer that's on the phone is actually the customer that's on the, the screen in front of you, that sort of stuff. And with clients, you know, it's it's, there are a lot of ways that we help like I was, I mentioned earlier, some of our compliance um, packages that, that offer things like firewalls and, and vulnerability scans and checks for those things. Um, I've always been a huge proponent, though, that that security absolutely has to come down to the individual. I feel like a lot of the a lot of the issues that we see with security and 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 um, some of the breaches that have been happening and that sort of stuff. It, a lot of the problem comes from people not really realizing exactly how valuable their virtual entity is. Like, I, I mean, here's a survey, give me all this information so that I can tell you what type of Lay's potato chip you are. I and mean, then come on, man, if, if you realize, you know, exactly how people are using it, then maybe you would realize that it is valuable and, and be willing to take the time out and have a couple two factor off you know, your, your cell phone. And it wouldn't be a massive hassle to wait for an email every time you log in and stuff. Change your password. Use password manager. That sort of thing.
1: So it sounds like part of what we're talking about here is just best being able to apply best practices and patterns and things like that. Most definitely. So I mean, is there because because a lot of what we see with the you know the latest the Cap One breach? Um, hmm. uh, actually, I'll let you. How how do we avoid that?
2: You know what? I'm not sure exactly how that breach happened be completely honest
1: uh, there was there was an s3 ultimately there was an s data was stored in s3 and oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was hearing some analysis of it that also talked about Amazon's um,
0: meta metadata
1: API server that makes assumptions about internal
0: but she, she was a wasn't the hacker she was an internal employee of Amazon right I mean was it part of it that she had access to how these things are set up that made it easier for her to do it or did I um, misunderstand that? No,
1: she was it was it was cap it, it was a series of things. Um, but what it comes down to is is it's hygiene to an extent. There were there's always a common security is never just one thing, usually. Mm. A breach like that is a combination of of pieces and parts. And so it's it's you have to be careful about not not being, you know, oh it's this one one component, and there's always a human piece to it also. Um, but you know, we've seen a pattern of of S3 bucket vulnerabilities um, that aren't because S3 is vulnerable. It's these are configuration issues more than anything yeah. else. Um, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean I mean not having S3 definitely helps <laughs> reduces your attack surface, but at the same time, you know, it sounds to me like you know you're not counting on your customers to tell you how to secure systems.
2: Yeah, yeah, there is that. So it, it's it's kind of kind of like that Equifax thing. That happened. Oh, goodness. That was another situation there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So how do we protect, how do, how do companies go to cooperation? How does Liquid Web, you know, protect against that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's mostly best practices and whatnot. And, and I feel like, you know, in situations where that sort of like the Capital One thing happens, where there was there was an issue and now it got out and all of these folks have a problem. Uh, companies have a moral and ethical uh, re- responsibility. To handle those things well, I am a little bit nervous, especially after this Equifax issue um, that. So there was the oh, no crap. I'm, I'm failing at words. Guys, give me a hand. What do you call it when you settle out of court? Settlement. I said the that word. Means, yeah. <laughs> the settlement kind of came back after the Xbox thing, and I think it was something staggering, some, it, staggeringly ridiculous, mind you. Something like 125 bucks per each person who was compromised is what they're rewarding the folks who have right. had, had their their data tossed out there. And that's and people should you know, people
1: should go. There's a website they can go do it and yeah, get your your 250 it. bucks. They're just going to yeah. scare the scare you about what you. did. No, they to
0: they canceled it because so many people applied, they didn't have enough money. So now they said they're uh, not going to give you the money.
1: I didn't get in on it. Oh, it's uh, a big, Lord. a big scam. Wow. That, that is, that's exactly
2: the issue there. So, so you know, a company like that uh, uh, has a data breach. There, it was their job to to do their best to make sure that those sort of things doesn't happen sure shit happens sometimes, but also you're responsible for it. So take responsibility and, you know, make sure that people are handled appropriately and that appropriate handling should be something equivalent to how much we believe that the client that, uh, you know, data and, and ultimately virtual entity is, is worth. And there are folks, the, you know, your regular clients, your regular end user customers and just normal human beings that don't really understand exactly how valuable it is. So I had to I remember hemming and hawing with with my uh, my brothers it's like, look, click this link and go and get something from Equifax. They need to be held accountable for the things that are happening so that other companies can also be held accountable, you know, vicariously. And. And I had to, I had to argue with them. I'm like, no, I don't want to click that button. No, I don't want to enter that stuff. So was like, dude, you got to do it, man. Because we, it's, it's our job to show folks that we understand that our data is valuable. And so you should be treating it appropriately. And should something happen, your response should be appropriate as well.
1: Yeah. I, this to me is a place where, uh, you know, a lot of companies try and do it, go it alone. They don't, they don't incorporate the security into their systems, but I guess I'm thinking. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking about partnership in security. Because one of the things that seems risky to me um, is that if you just say, "Okay, I got it," I'm I, you know I understand it. You're you're really going to suffer through this, you know, confirmation bias that you've got it. Um, and so I guess that's I guess that's part of what, you know, by, by getting somebody in who's going to manage and bring best practices and, and question about what you did, you can you can improve security dramatically just from that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Interesting piece. And then, and then you were saying you also have vulnerability scans. I'm assuming oh, yeah. you, you have a way of, of checking for PII, personally identifiable information, if you yep. see that stuff floating around. Uh, to, to an extent, yes. Uh, so. The,
2: there's a limitation again with that whole variable control. There's a limitation with regards to the managed hosting thing, where the data and the content is is managed by the client, and the uh, software and hardware is managed by the company. So, so there there is that that you know there is a bit of a liability uh, line drawn there. Uh, but like I said earlier, the, the 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 relationship that you build with the customer allows you to you know kind of kind of build the, the bridge that gap between those two. Facets. And then we do have a handful of products that offer encryption and, and, and vulnerability scanning and compliance assistance and, you know, all of that cool stuff to help folks understand that. And the great thing is that since we are a managed host, we also have a fully staffed security operations and security engineering team that can help with those things too. So, you know, client says, Hey, I have all these cool things that are going on. Maybe I need HIPAA compliance or whatever. Can you help us out with that? They absolutely, because like I was saying earlier, the managed hosting, people come to us because they don't really know and they don't have the resources to employ somebody that knows. So they come and they pay a premium price for a premium managed host and they are within that price. They also get the expertise that we have to offer that helps them to maintain that, that
1: accountability and responsibility to their clients. Cheaper, cheaper than trying to put the cheese whiz back in the can. Amen.
0: <laughs> hey, no one ever no puts honest. cheese whiz away. Cheese whiz yeah. is edible instantly. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! No, it's
1: a permanent shelf life, so you don't have to, you can resist as long as you need to.
0: Oh, guys, got a chef on the phone. He didn't want to cheese whiz. <laughs> well, the problem is, is I'm hungry because it's like it's my it's my lunch and you guys are talking cheese whiz. And now, <laughs> now you. have – Maybe yeah.
1: maybe we should say put the scotch back in the bottle. Yes, <laughs> but we're putting
0: that never happens either. Yeah, there was no Scotch drink before work was over. Uh, but Jerry, I, I I wanted to thank you for joining us. I think it was a good conversation and um you know, I think it is great to have you on and talk to yourself and companies like yours. The whole world isn't running on the clouds where, you know, everyone seems to think everyone's there, but there's tons of business for everyone and there's different customers for, you know, different use cases or different customers. Um, if there are customers, people listening, customers, prospects, whatever the word is, if there's people listening that wanted to learn more about liquid, uh, web, uh, any places you, you want to send them to?
2: Just liquidweb.com, man. Go there. We've got a great blog. I'm actually a pretty frequent contributor there, and with knowledge, that's great stuff. And you can open up a dialogue via that way if that's something that you're interested.
0: And I noticed on that, your profile on the blog says you're a pirate or a not with, me, <laughs> a pseudo pirate. I don't. I've now I forgot the exact words but uh self-proclaimed self-proclaimed pirate so uh, <laughs> i encourage well. our listeners to reach out we've never had a pirate rob on the uh podcast before so uh <laughs> this is new not that
1: we were aware of
0: not that we were uh, aware yeah, of. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's Jim <laughs> maybe maybe is is, is close
0: <laughs> well jerry um. jerry and rob thanks again another great podcast and uh jerry we appreciate you coming on offer us your thoughts and everything and uh Listeners, Absolutely. as Robin always say, you know we keep having different people, different companies on. We hope you enjoy it. And if you feel like you have something to say, contact us, and uh, we will put you on. And uh, you never know where the conversation goes. And uh, both of you have a, a good afternoon, and we'll talk to you again soon. Likewise, thank you.